Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Awesome. Good morning. Thanks for having us say, Pastor Beck, Nate, so good to be here in your house today. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Can you come with me everywhere I speak? That was awesome. <laughs> so good. And um, you're about to hear straight after me uh, from a great friend of ours, Pastor Jenny Fox, um, and her husband Owen is here as well. And um, I actually first met Owen and Jenny as a 13-year-old pimply kid in Kalgoorlie, um, and they were our pastors down there. So it's an honor to be sharing the platform with you this morning and the foundation that you both have built in my life um, is a testament to your amazing uh, following of God and the promise that He has for your life. So I just want to say thank you to you guys. And a big welcome to Luke as well. He's our programs coordinator here in Red Frogs for WA. Great to have him with us as well. How cool is that video? Um, we actually partnered with Alan's, actually helped us make that video uh, to celebrate our 20 years in Australia, handing out their red frog lollies. And uh, we were pretty blown away with the final, uh, the final version that came through to that. So let's um, jump into today. And it's always a bit weird to kind of speak at these sort of events because I kind of go, what the heck? How do I get myself into these places? Um, and then I kind of start thinking back on uh, what, we've, what we do um, throughout Red Frogs in WA and the impact uh, that we get to have in the young lives of, of West Australians. And last year we spoke to over 10,000 high school students um, as far north as Karratha, right down to Albany, and then out to Kalgoorlie as well. Um, and then in the metro area from Mindari to Mandra. Um, just going in and speaking with them about um, who they want to be in their future, but also preparing them for events like Leavers Week and also moving into the university sector and living on college as well. Next week, I've actually got uh, the pleasure well, I think it'll be a pleasure. Um, I'm actually uh, going up to Karratha, Tom Price and Parabudu and speaking uh, through the high schools in that district. Uh, really looking forward to getting out there amongst it all and um, speaking to a different uh, demographic, I guess, and speaking to kids from different backgrounds as well. So um, that's going to be a lot of fun next week. Obviously, we work in the university sector um, with training young people, but also uh, mentoring and supporting them. Uh, mainly students who live on residential colleges um, and on campuses and things like that, where they just live in this almost a bubble um, for the entire time that they're at university. So we get to work in those spaces. Music festivals, where we get to create a safe space away from the chaos, uh, where young people can come and just chill out and just kind of have a break from the whole festival. And I guess, like Nisha was saying, kind of closing the door for a little bit and uh, recuperating and re-energizing. Um, and Leavers is obviously what we're most famous for uh, with our visitation and referral and all the things that happen uh, at the end of uh, year 12 for nearly 10,000 young people in WA. What I've noticed is that when I start talking uh, with young people and um, about uh, how they're going and their experiences and things like that and some of the stories and some of the things they've gotten up to, I normally ask them if they've actually told anyone else um, about this experience. Um, what's really interesting is that uh, most of them say, uh, no, I'm just telling you for the first time or I've told that other frogger. And so we just have a real window into the world of young people really quite easily. It's pretty amazing that a lolly uh, can open so many doors. Um, and then I normally ask them, um, have you told your parents? Um, and they normally say one of three things to me. They either say, 
I don't know how to talk to my parents. Or they might say, nah, my parents would just freak out. Um, and there's other people that are, other young people that actually say, actually, my parents know everything. Um, and so it's such a, such a wide range of answers, but I thought I'd kind of unpack um, why they, they say those things that they say, because I always kind of continue on the conversations. And when they say, I don't know how to talk to my parents, when you kind of dig a little bit deeper, it comes around to availability. Are parents actually making themselves be available for those conversations? Now, sometimes parents, obviously, as Nisha just said, that they're obviously from a different generation and communicate differently. But when I talk to young people, they're like, but if my dad would just SMS me, I would talk to him. Or if my dad or my mum would just converse with me on social media, I'd actually be able to, I'd feel comfortable talking to them. So sometimes parents, you need to kind of go where your kids are. And you need to kind of adapt. Parents, if your child is on social media, you need to be in that space. Whether you like it or not, it's a space, it's a thing, it's where they are. And not only do you need to go there to be able to engage with them and see what's going on, but I, f I really think that you need to understand the power that that tool has in this generation. And the way that, and understand why they're engaging with it so much. And understand why they're so addicted to the number of likes that they're getting. And Nisha can help you understand that a little bit more when your child is addicted to social media and you can call her after. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> It's about going to where your child is and finding a way because sitting down at the table is actually not how a lot of young people converse. And so it's finding out, okay, what if I just send them an SMS? What if I just send them an emoji? <laughs> hands up if you didn't know what an emoji was. No, don't put your hands up. <laughs> Go where your child is and be available for them and find a way to actually engage in that conversation. When, I, when they say, nah, my parents just freak out, I kind of say to them, well, what do you want them to do? And they say, well, actually, I just want them to sit there and pretend that I just told them that I had Wheaties for breakfast. And that's how calm you need to be. You just need to go, it doesn't matter. Let's, we're talking about families and young people in the experimentation. It doesn't matter how drunk they got or who they met up with or what they experimented with. You almost need to sit there and go, Oh, so did you have milk on your wheat bix Like, it just needs to be that calm a conversation because they actually want to tell you. They actually want to know that you're a safe place. They want to know that the home is where they can be safe, where they can be open, and where they can actually speak about what's going on in their life and know that you love them. And so if you freak out, which is okay if you do sometimes, but if you freak out, they actually don't want to see you like that. They want to see you as strong pillars. They want to see you as people that have got it all together. And, and vulnerability is good, but it's at those times, it's those crucial moments where you just have to go, okay, all right. Because they want to know that you love them. Now, that's not, I'm not saying throw away your values. I'm not saying don't pull them up on things that you've, you as a family unit have decided you're going to do. But you've got to be calm in those situations and you've got to be responsive in those situations so that they're going to keep talking to you and they're going to keep feeling like they can come to you no matter what is going on in their life. They're going to come to you first and they're going to come home first um, and make sure that your house is a place where it is nice and safe because they don't want to freak you out. The ones that say, uh, yeah, my parents know everything, it's not because their parents are necessarily the cool parents. 
or the ones that seem like they've got it all together. But like I said before, their, their kids know that home is a safe place. They know that no matter what's going on, that it's going to be a place where they're loved, where they're accepted, and where they can continue growing into the young adults that they're going to be along the way. And so what happens is that these parents just keep f finding out this information about their kids and they can actually build structures around them. I know of, um, I heard of this uh, tactic that was used, uh, a family uh, where they told their kids no matter what happens um, or no matter what situation they find them in, find themselves in, all they have to do is text their mum or their dad or their older siblings the, the letter X in an SMS and the address where they are and their parents will come no matter what time of the day or night is, they will come, they'll pick them up, they'll let them get in the car and they won't ask any questions about the, the situation. It's up to the child to talk to them. And so that means that these kids can go to parties, they can go to after balls, they can go to different events, but they know that if stuff's happening that they're not comfortable with or that's going on, they can just get it. There's an escape route, there's a way out, and they know that if they don't feel comfortable talking about it there and then, they don't have to. That there's a safe place for them to actually get out of there. They can escape that. And when they're ready, then they can start having those conversations. Something you might want to start talking to your family about and talking to your young people about. But this isn't all just about parents. There's some, obviously, some young people here. And so I kind of wanted to mention to you guys about how your relationships with your parents are going to change over time as well. Because your parents are sometimes that authority figure and they're, they're training you up as a child in the way that they want you to go, just like the Bible says, which is amazing. Um, but over time, that relationship's going to change. Um, and probably the biggest change is going to happen when you move out of home. Because all of a sudden, you're not in each other's worlds every single day. Um, dinner is something that you, you have to book in with your parents because they go and get a life now that the house is empty. Um, or you've got a life as well and your parents are trying to book dinner in with you. Um, and, but also... Um, this, this, this home, this place that was this safe place, was this place where we could go to all the time, starts to look different. Your bedroom is now a study. Your dad never studied until you left home and decided that he needed his own study. Or it becomes the sewing room. And you're like, mum, when did you take up sewing? Um, and so going home starts to look a little bit different, especially, and then it, it gets added on if your parents move as well, because you're like, well, this is weird, like, I've, I don't have keys to this house. I've, I've never had keys to this house. And, and just kind of taking mum and dad's car to the shops isn't an option anymore because you've got your own. And it's just this whole, it changes. And it can change really, really quickly as well. And so like Nisha was saying, it's all about just walking through the whole thing and giving grace to each other through that whole transition change and giving grace to each other and understanding that it's going to be different and understanding that it's going to look different and your conversations are going to be different as well because where you are home every day and you kind of just fill each other in on the day, um, you, it might be a week or two weeks before you've seen each other. So your conversations are going to be different and it's going to be the highlights and maybe the lowlights and little less of the everyday stuff that's been going on. But don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that because that's when you kind of start to build a different relationship with your parents. That's when you kind of become more a friend to them and become their friend and be able to walk through with them. And, and there's times when you're going to be able to, to say things and actually give advice to your parents about things. And where sometimes that role can either, seems like you're parenting your parents sometimes. It's really weird. Um, anyway, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
And so admit that it's going to change and accept that it's going to change, but embrace that change as well. It's, I've, I still enjoy, my dad lives overseas now, and so we don't, kind of don't see him as much as uh, we used to, but I just love going and having a coffee with him. It might just be for half an hour, but it's just the novelty of having coffee with dad. Um, and so it's understanding that, that where you meet up and how you communicate is going to change a little bit as well, and thank God uh, my dad has just got on Facebook, which is awesome, because we'd post photos on there, and then his friends would tell him about photos and situ- and yeah, so... I'm like, come on, Dad, just come to faith. So he did. So it's awesome. We don't have to send photos separately now. They all just go straight to him as well. And finally, young people, when we talk about, um, about families and things like that, uh, when you start to kind of get different relationships and different friendships, make sure that they're people that are good for you. And you will know who those people are. Um, I know that I had a, a group of friends that... Um, were really, really close friends of mine and, and really great. And uh, they went through a season where it just felt like every time I hung out with them, we would talk about other people in a way that wasn't edifying or wasn't lifting them up. And it got to a point where I, I felt I was getting sucked into these conversations and I'd walk away going, why did I agree with half those things? I actually don't believe that. I actually don't believe that about those people and I actually don't think that about that situation. But that whole acceptance thing was so there. And so I actually, um, for a couple of years, removed myself from their friendship group. Now, I didn't make a big song and dance about it. I just wasn't available. And I just didn't go to parties and I didn't go and meet up with them. And if they had things on, I'd just apologize politely. And then eventually they'd stop inviting you, so it's really easy. Um, <laughs> but for a couple of years, I really had to kind of step back from that friendship group and go, you know what? Right now where I'm at, they're actually not good for me. Um, but a couple of years down the track, um, and since then, it's been quite a number of years now, we're all great friends again. And we socialize together and we hang out together and, and I'm blessed that I've got a great friendship circle that I get to do life with. But I had to know when it was right for me and when it was wrong for me. And I had to know who was speaking into my life and were they speaking things that line up with who I am or what I believe about people, but what I believe about my life as well. And sometimes it's a tough call because you're like, oh, but I, these are my mates and these are my friends. But make sure you surround people who are good for you, that are going to have conversations that are edifying and uplifting. But also make sure that you've got people in your life that can pull you up and go, you're being an idiot. <laughs> um, Luke and I have, we're best mates. Like, there's not much that Luke doesn't know about me and vice versa. But we can sit down with each other and Luke will sit down with me and go, so um, how's your devotions going, Hayden? And I'm like, oh, actually, Luke, it's been really tough. He's like, yeah, I know. You can just tell when I'm not in the right place. And we can have those conversations and, and pull each other up on stuff and go, come on, man, that's not what you think. That's not what you normally say. That's not how you'd respond to this situation. And so make sure that you've got people that are around your life that can speak into you and be really, really honest with you because, and make sure you're championing each other on. That's what the Bible says. We want to champion each other on for good works. And so make sure there's people around you that can do that as well. Awesome? So good. Thanks, Pastor Nate. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Hey, any other questions about frogs or what we're doing or how to get involved, come and see Luca after the service. We'd love to let you know how you can be part of it. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.